Ladies and gentlemen, this is your favorite Canadian, Rico, back at it again. You are tuned in to BFPN, Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network, home to seven days a week of Buffalo Bills content, news, updates, analysis, you name it, we got it, seven days a week. So sit back, relax, turn up the volume. It's BFPN, Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. game it was what a game it was in phoenix arizona against the arizona cardinals i don't have a i i want to say that i don't have a lot to say i've got a lot to say i just don't want to talk about it there might be a lot of awkward pauses in this podcast Sullen is probably the correct word. Angry, pissed off. Not going to be a fun podcast. I'm not going to be overly negative, I don't think. But I'm not exactly going to be positive either. Welcome into the Overreaction Bills podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics podcast network. I am your host, reluctantly today, the voice of the Overreaction podcast, Joe Miller. And you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. Please don't this week. <laughs> so a bunch of people say that they were going to log off, like log off, log out of the NFL for the next two weeks. I may just do that as well. What a freaking emotional roller coaster. What a freaking emotional roller coaster. The Bills came into this football game 7 and 2, 4 and 0 in the division on a three-game winning streak. For all intents and purposes, this was our game to take. On the road to sweeping the NFC West, not really clinching the AFC East, but putting the league on notice and a stranglehold on this division to a be damned. The rookie means nothing to us as we just brush him off of our shoulders because we're just going to go about and do our business and do what it is we do. And that thing that we do is win football games against inferior opponents. But that didn't, it didn't happen. As far as narratives go, I'm not going to get into play-by-play stuff. It's it's pointless. It, it's it's literally pointless. There's no point. There's no play-by-play. There's no this play, then that play, this quarter, then that quarter, then at the end of the half, BS, and then blah, blah, blah stuff that's going to make the digestion of what we watched, or at least some of us watched. Some of you were lucky. How weird it is to think in my head how 
lucky people were that their power went out and then how unlucky they were that their power went out and then how lucky they were that their power went out. Joe, you're being awful down. I'm, I'm sullen. I'm not happy. But the reality is, is there are no cliches. There are no fun phrases for a game like that. You have to play better. You have to play better. You have to execute better. You have to not take stupid penalties. You have to not stack bad play on top of bad play. You have to coach better. You have to knock down the freaking rainbow duck that is headed to the end zone with the final 11 seconds in the game. To arguably the number one or one of the top two, three receivers in the NFL. You're talking about a, that ball, that that ball fluttered out at the end. Like, a, I don't even know what, the, like, it started to lose all trajectory. It started to lose all momentum. It started to lose basically every ounce of momentum it had on its way to DeAndre Hopkins, who, by the way, logged a season where he didn't drop a single football. But this is why we watch football and this is why we love it. Nonetheless, I wish my power went out. Count yourself lucky this day if you were one of the people whose power went out as this one will be Forever burned into the, into the annals of my mind like the knock-it-down play versus the Jaguars that Byron Leftwich beat us in the last seconds of the game on a season opener, home opener, and the Stevie drop against the Steelers, the rush on the field, final field goal against the Broncos with 16 seconds left in Marshawn Lynch's first home game as a Buffalo Bill. The McKelvin fumble in prime time and the ensuing Tom Brady TD to ice the game once again for the Patriots. In the end... It feels like this team, I'm not saying they do, but it feels like this team will find new ways to lose. Literally, this is the game. These are the games that make me believe we are the Tiger Chung Lees of the NFL. Yes, you heard me correct. And about 75% of my audience just got lost. We are the Iron Sheik. You see, when I was a kid, like other kids, and some adults today, I watched the WWF. And for those of you that don't realize it or don't know it or maybe still don't understand it or believe it, the WWF is scripted. It's reality television. It's not real. But the WWF had a a wonderful way of writing scripts so that Hulk Hogan is out there headed to the ring, the scripted star, hyped number one in in wrestling and who is he facing oh he's facing tiger chung lee the no-named guy that nobody really cares about the villain if you will and tiger chung lee at the sound of the bell does a very good job of kind of making hay with hulk hogan and it looks like tiger chung is going to upset hulk hogan but in the end in the end no Hulk Hogan is going to come out victorious. And Tiger Chung Lee once again walks up out of the ring with the L. 
I've spent my entire life, it seems like, since the Super Bowl years, feeling like the Buffalo Bills are the Tiger Chung Lees of the NFL. Basically, the guy that doesn't matter and who is scripted to lose the heartbreaker so that the stars of the NFL can win and incredible scripts can be written about them. This one hurts, dude. I'm just being real with you. I'm telling you how I feel. Like, if you don't like how I feel, turn it off. Go listen to somebody else. Go listen to Sal. Go listen to, I don't know, show up in the Bulldog. Go listen to, hit the rewind button and listen to Jeremy White and Howard Simon. I'm just telling you how I feel. No, I'm not telling you that the season is over. I'm not telling you that, the, you know, the, the same old Bills. This is clearly not the same old Bills team, but this was a kind of a similar same old Bills, Billsy loss, right? You know what I'm talking about. And as cathartic as talking about these losses tends to be after they happen, this one isn't going to serve me very well. I'm probably not going to have a great week, much like all of you. Clearly in this football game, there was blame to go around. It ebbed and flowed. It, it was it was literally a weird seesaw battle. The Bills were up at one point in time, 23-9, to nine, with I think nine minutes left in the third quarter. And then, of course, the third quarter came back to haunt the Buffalo Bills as the defense. There's a lot of people out there wanting to put all the blame on Josh Allen. I blame this one wholly, solely on Josh Allen. This game was not Josh Allen's fault. Did Josh Allen make mistakes in this football game? You better believe it. Did it just feel like he was going to throw a bad interception or two? It absolutely felt like he, you just knew it was. Patrick Peterson dropped two of them, and you were like, I don't think that's the last one. I think there's more, Patrick, just wait. And then he floated that ball to the left over the middle, and Patrick Peterson just ran right in front of it. That wasn't the only one he threw. But there was a lot of blame to go around this. This game was very strange. It was the longest third quarter I think I've ever remembered in my entire life. Ever in my entire life. When It seemed like when the offense played well, the defense didn't. And when the defense played well, the offense couldn't get out of its own way. It's There's a lot of comments on Twitter, and I'm jumping around a little bit in my notes, that you know I just don't understand why Brian Dable hasn't abandoned the run. Well, the reason that Brian Dable hasn't abandoned the run is is because Josh Allen won't take the underneath stuff that the defense is giving him. He's trying to push the football down the field and everybody's covered, and then he's running out of time and it's too late. So the answer to that is to hand the ball off, which didn't work either. That was until the very last drive of the game that the Bills had where Josh Allen finally started working that underneath stuff. But literally, I was ready to pull my freaking hair out. When the offense was playing well early, the defense was playing hard. This was the game. I wrote in my notes. If I got to find it. I wrote in my notes, the Bills defense continues to give up huge third downs. At some point, it's going to hurt them. And I didn't mean in this game. I meant at some point this season, they're going to come against a team where giving up huge third downs is going to hurt them. Well, guess what? That was somewhat prophetic because it hurt them in this football game. But when the offense played well, the defense didn't. When the defense played well, the offense didn't. And then everything magically came to life. They showed life when they needed to in the offense. Josh Allen did Josh Allen things with three minutes and 30 seconds left in the football game and drove them down the field and put the ball in Stephon Diggs' hands. And they went up. 
four points, five points. I'm not exactly sure what it was. Five, four, five points, right? Four points. I stood there in disbelief. Disbelief. I did. I literally didn't know how to feel. I was instantly reminded. Instantly reminded. Like I'm standing there in my living room, like with 34 seconds left in this football game, and the the Arizona Cardinals have 75 yards to go. 34 seconds. And I remember being like anxious and like sweating. All of Bill's Mafia on our collective couches all around the, the like the nation, right? I'm sweating. I wasn't on my couch. I was standing actually. And thinking there how irrational I was being because of the amount of times that I've watched NFL teams score with 34 or 45 or 50 seconds left and the opposing team has to go 55 or in this case, 75 yards and thinking like when it's not my team, like, oh, this game's over. Like they're, they're not going to come back. Like, and I'm sitting there like pacing every with every down, every, every play, like pacing, pacing, burn another timeout, burn another timeout, like pacing. This game is over is what I, is what I should, I should have been calm sitting on my couch, calm. This game is over. No, this game is over. But I didn't believe it in my heart. And at the end of the day, Kyler Murray chucks up a wounded duck from the 50-yard line after evading a Mario Addison should-be sack. Yes, I said should-be. After being flushed out of the pocket, sucking up pretty much all the 11 seconds that were left on the clock. There's only one guy he could possibly go to at that point, DeAndre Hopkins. In the end, this this was a game that you just felt wasn't going to go our way. You just you just like I said, you just I've said that already. You just you just you just felt it, right? The funny thing is, I had rational negative notes regarding a loss, where basically the wheels just came off. This just wasn't our day. I had I had a whole bunch of notes about how we went up early and. The Bills played valiantly in the first half and did a very good job of kind of containing Kyler Murray, even though the rush defense was awful again. It was 23 to 9. The Bills defense gave up like 17 unanswered points early into the fourth quarter. And then they just couldn't get their legs under them for whatever reason. And it was a valiant effort. And it was okay because the Bills are 7 and 3. And it just is what it is. And, you know, sometimes this happens to teams, right? And then, like I said, 3.30 left, Josh Allen drives the field with in three minutes, leaving 34 seconds on the clock, but he drives the field and hits Stephon Diggs with a beautiful pass. The heroics were incredible. And then they turn around and lose in the final two seconds to the greatest quick-twitch, four-foot, four-foot-tall quarterback throwing a duck to the end zone that I've ever seen, and I'm straight speechless. Numb. Sullen. In my opinion, this is more than likely a season-defining game. Whoa, 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 Joe. Don't you think that's a little extreme? A se- this is quite potentially a season-defining game for this football team. They're either going to rally around themselves, realize that they need to be better, 
and they can be better. Or this is the beginning of the implosion. Mark my words, Bills, Bills Mafia. This is an inflection point for this football team. The question that we're going to find out, and we're gonna, it's going to take us two weeks to get there, is who is this team going to be when they come back from the bye? Who is this team going to be when they come back from the bye? Do I believe the season is over? No. Do I believe that they're still going to win the East? Yes. Do I believe that the season comes down to the last game of the season against the Dolphins and Tua in Buffalo? No. Even if it does come down to that game, which would probably be poetic justice and and return the rivalry back to what it was because we'll probably end up having to play the Dolphins again the very next week in Buffalo twice, back-to-back like we did in, two, in 1993, I think, which is a lot of reflection has been made to this team, uh, t- from this team to the, comps have been made from this team to the 1993 team. As much as all of that would be poetic justice, let's be honest, the Dolphins don't play well in January in Buffalo, whether it's week one or week three or week two. And that probably is going to go for Tua as well. It's a little different playing up here in the middle of winter. However, this is quite potentially an inflection point. Remember these words. The last little bit of notes that I want to give to you, I'll give you some quick stats and then we'll move on to your tweets. Arizona is a poorly coached football team. Well, they beat the Bills, Joe. Yeah, they did. And sometimes the Bills are a poorly coached football team as well. But this is a game, just from a coaching standpoint, that Sean McDermott and his staff should beat Cliff Kingsbury every day of the freaking week. As I said earlier, the Bills defense continues to give up huge third downs, huge mother-effing third downs. And it hurt him. It hurt them today. It hurt them in this football game, I should say. There were a lot of odd plays, a lot of odd offensive plays in this football game. Third and nine, and they throw a late, weird wide receiver screen to Stephon Diggs. And that was just one of them that I remember. There was a lot of them. You can't stack mistakes upon mistakes, and Bajorquez drives that statement home, secures that saying by shanking one off of his foot for an entirety of 17 whole freaking yards. Way to go, Corey. But luckily, the defense made a huge stop. But even inside of that, you just felt that Josh Allen was going to throw another pick. It just, am I wrong in saying, I'm not trying to be a downer. That was just a feeling I had on the, I had, I did not have securities, right? I was just like, this just doesn't look right. It just doesn't look good. Which got me to thinking about weird phrases like last week, Josh Allen played lights out. This week he played lights on. Is that a, is that a saying? Lights on? Does lights on mean bad? If lights out is great, is lights on bad? Right? Is that weird? I think it's weird. But if ever there was a quarter that I hate, it is the third quarter. Why? Why do we do this? This before you point the blame at anybody, you need to watch this football game again if you can. Take notes and realize that the blame 
is shared all the way around this football team. From all three phases to every position group to every coach on the coaching staff. But Joe, it was Josh Allen's fault. Josh Allen totally fell apart like, and he threw two bad interceptions. Yes, Josh Allen threw two bad interceptions. He also threw a game-winning football or a game-winning touchdown to Stephon Diggs. It doesn't matter how bad he plays in the third quarter, the second quarter, the first quarter. If he throws a game-winning touchdown in the fourth quarter, guess what? He's a winner. This defense evaporated a 23-9 lead and gave up 17 unanswered points. This coaching staff, did not they made some adjustments, but when adjustments came back at them, they didn't make good enough adjustments again. There was a lot left to be desired from every single phase, every single player, and every single member of the coaching staff from this football team. At the end of the day, they deserved to lose this football game. And all of us felt it, right? I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, yeah, but Joe, they, they lost on a on a Hail Mary with two seconds left, a, a miraculous play. You're right. I want to feel better about it. I think what's crushing my soul is the fact that I, I, I told you. I had, I had rational negative notes. I was resolved to the fact that the Bills, the tires had fallen off, the wheels had fallen off, the Bills were imploding, and we were going to lose this football game. I had rational negative notes as to why that happened and I was going to accept it and it was going to be good. I was going to roll into my Monday and be like, yep, it's good. And then Josh Allen threw a freaking game-winning touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs with 34 seconds left in the game. That's why I'm upside down. At the end of the day, I tweeted this. This is what I tweeted and this is the truth that I would, I'll live by forever. If you check at Joe Miller Wired, you'll see it. The tweet goes like this. Miracles happen, period. Oh, by the way, I tweeted this after the DeAndre Hopkins catch for the game. Miracles happen, period. They just don't happen to the Buffalo Bills. Tell me I'm wrong. You can't. You can't tell me I'm wrong. All right, so let's now, let's transition real quick. I'll give you some quick stats for the game. I'm sure you're going to hear them on all the different shows you're watching, but I'm going to give them to you just because I should. Uh, Josh Allen was 32 of 49 for 284 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, he also caught a touchdown uh, from Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, he was one for one for 12 yards with a touchdown. That's pretty good. Uh, rushing, Josh Allen led the way. Seven carries for 38 yards for a 5.4-yard average. Zach Moss was second. Boy, did he not look great. Uh, seven for 20, 2.9. Hmm. Devin Singletary, 4 of 15 for 3.8 yards receiving. I, I called my surprise of the game uh, it, for the, 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 the Buffalo Fanatics tailgate uh, for the Hump Day Hotline. I called my surprise of the game being Cole Beasley. I said this was a day that he would get at least 12 targets. Uh, there was one point in the game where, like, the announcer said he was, like, at 13 targets and then, like, he caught four more balls. I was like, I don't think that's right. According to the box scores, Beasley was targeted 11 times, had 109 yards and a touchdown. Diggs was targeted or had, oh, I guess that's not right. That's reception. So I don't have targets. My bad. Backing up the truck. He was, he had 11 receptions, 109 yards, uh, 9.9 yard average with one touchdown. He could have been targeted, who knows, 15 times. Regardless, Stephon Diggs, 10 receptions, 93 yards and a touchdown, continues to just make his mark on the NFL. John Brown, 
Uh, man, this kid is clutch, uh, even being injured. If, if he is healthy, he scores on both of those freaking, the one last week, the screen play, the wide receiver screen, and the one this week. If he's healthy, he scores on both of those, and he knows it. After this one, he literally came off the field smiling because he's like, man, if I was just healthy, if my knee worked, <laughs> those would be touchdowns. John Brown, six receptions for 72 yards. Just a gutsy performance from that kid. Love him. Dawson Knox, the greatest enigma in Buffalo. There's not there's not a kid on a football team that you want to love more than Dawson Knox. And there's not a kid on an NFL team that gives you a reason to not love more than Dawson Knox. Like, I want this kid to be so good. I want him to be, and I want him to be good so bad. I just don't know what it's going to take. At some point in time, the light bulb is going to go on, right? <sighs> Two for 16. And then Isaiah McKenzie, one for two, and then blah, 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 blah. So, yeah. So, the Cardinals, Kyler Murray, 22 of 32. So, right around 60%, 245 yards, one touchdown, one interception. What a fluky, weird interception that was. Kenyon Drake, 16 carries for 100 yards. Kyler Murray, 11 carries, 61 yards. Chase Edmonds, eight carries, 56 yards. If you want to blame Josh Allen for the loss of this football game, you need to do some math right there, ladies and gentlemen. That is literally 117 or 217 yards given up on the ground. The Buffalo Bills defense surrendered 245 yards in the air and 217 yards on the ground in this football game. But Joe Josh Allen threw two interceptions, and there were bad interceptions. Yes, he did. But Joe Josh Allen had a bad game. He didn't play well. No, he didn't. But Joe Josh Allen wasn't sharp. He looked lost out there at times. Yes, he did. The defense gave up 245 yards in the air, one touchdown, and they gave up 217 yards on the ground for two touchdowns. That's where the train stops. For me, at least. Receiving DeAndre Hopkins, 7 for 127. 50 yards of that came on one throw and that touchdown. So if you take that out, DeAndre Hopkins was held six catches for basically what amounts to, what, 70 yards, which actually isn't bad, 80 yards. Dan Arnold. (laughs) How did I miss that guy in the game? He caught the ball four yards or four times for 34 yards. Never caught his name, Dan Arnold. That's funny. Christian Kirk, four for 27. Uh, Chase Edmonds, uh, three for 21, and then a bunch of other dudes in there. So, yeah. All right, so let's do this. Let's jump over to your tweets. Before I do, uh, this you are tuned into the Overreaction Bills podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Miller, the voice of the Overreaction Bills podcast, and you can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. And the Overreaction Podcast, as I said, is brought to you by the Market Dominator. Who is the Market Dominator? You may ask. Well, the Market Dominator is none other none other than my great friend John Spascheck. And John Spascheck is a realtor, a a uh, a realtor, a estate broker, I should say, uh, with Keller Williams Realty. Keller Williams Realty. I don't. Not many people know this, and I didn't know this either. They're actually the largest real estate company in the world. Like that's that's impressive. Uh, but John is a, is a broker with uh, Keller Williams. Uh, he is uh, the best at what he does. I've talked about him a lot, and you guys have called. Like, there's been a couple people that have you have called to, whether it was sell your house or buy a house or you know whatever's going on. If you want to refi, you know, getting John's team involved, and it's been great, and I appreciate that. But literally, uh, take other people's advice, take my advice. 
uh, do what other people have done. If you're looking to sell your home or get into a new home or buy a home, even if you're not in Erie County or Western New York, John can help you wherever you are. Reach out to John. You can uh, email, or I'm sorry, you can call him at 716-570-3298. That number again, 716-570-3298. You can also email him at youreliteBroker at gmail.com. That, that email address again is youreliteBroker at gmail.com. How about this? John is Bill's Mafia. So he's one of us. You can also find him on Twitter at Your Elite Broker. Ah, gotcha. At Your Elite Broker. Uh, but John opens doors through exceptional client care and education. And he not only helps you sell your home for top dollar, but he leads you through the entire transition of selling and buying your home as a life transition specialist would. Do me a favor. Call John Spazchek. Be awesome to him. He'll be awesome to you. Let him know that The Voice sent you. And uh, I would appreciate it if you did that. All right, all right, let's transition over to the reading of the tweets, which basically this should be about the most cathartic thing we do tonight, right? Just because uh, there should be some semblance of uh, connection just due to the fact that we are all probably feeling the same. My first one is Henry Booth at Big Nasty 6424. He said uh, he actually DM'd me. He figured I'd DM you. Uh, way better to say all that he's got to say. The defense gave up six yards per carry, which really hurt. Nine penalties with four on one, with four on one drive. That really hurt. Allen's interceptions really hurt. Crazy thing is, there were loads of positives that I could have gone on about had we won. Bro, I'm right there with you. Like, totally. This game gave me the Houston game vibe to it. And it it, it really stinks to have to wait two weeks festering in a heartbreaking loss with a play that ended uh, it being flashed on every media platform. Regardless, go Bills. Uh, Laugh out loud. I think I would have broken character. I think I would have broken the character count. You probably would have there, my brother. Um, so let's see if I can, uh, that was, uh, in my DM. So I need to function over to the, the tweet itself. So the tweet itself was on overreaction SP one. You don't want to think about it. Well, I don't want to talk about it either yet. Here we both are bills mafia. How are we feeling after this soul crushing BS loss reading your tweets? Let's have it. And then, uh, Dave Thorpe, my man, Dave Thorpe at Saxa Dave goes first. <sighs> Feel like you need a refund from at J Spencer King for the Bohorquez shirt. He needs to buy a Bass jersey. Bass played outstanding. That's the worst part about this football game is Tyler Bass's career game is going to get buried, right? He's going to get buried in, in that DeAndre Hopkins catch. We all need a Beasley jersey. It's true. Uh, with COVID issues against the number one offense, I'm not blaming the D. Uh, had key failures in all three game areas. Crushing loss for the jaws of ecstatic video. Or crushing loss from crushing loss i'm sorry from the jaws of ecstatic victory dave you're absolutely 1000 percent right uh dibbity dabbity at dibbity dabbity our mental game needs to be fixed we lost because of the mental errors we were better we were the better team and we beat ourselves you're not wrong you're absolutely not wrong my guy mr keller at crazy keller x kid last play was an amazing catch it shouldn't have come down to that besides the digs td allen played his worst game of the year i i don't know that he played his worst game of the year he probably played his worst game as a healthy quarterback but it wasn't great uh dable called a terrible game until the last drive and the refs suck two weeks to stew but let's be honest the bills are a good football team it's seven and three they are a good football team annalisa has been a frequent uh contributor to the show uh, appreciate you, Annalisa, at Annalisa underscore D-I-B, pain. Our wide receivers didn't deserve this result. Too many holding penalties. It was an awful last play, but the defense wasn't the sole reason for this loss. Two interceptions, 
Bohork has his first bad game and COVID taking our cornerbacks. I was that was actually a positive takeaway for me was Dane Jackson. Even though he got hurt, I was actually happy with the way Dane Jackson played. I think that kid has a future in the NFL and on this Bills football team. Need to be more disciplined against offensive or uh, disciplined against offensive penalties. Absolutely true. Appreciate you, Annalisa. Chef at the Critical Chef. Tough loss that we have to sit with for two weeks. Didn't like the offensive play calling. Someone should have been spying Kyler more. Uh, I thought Kyler was held in check pretty well. I thought every time he tried to get free, uh, Tremaine was right there. Uh, there was a couple times the Bills defense lost contained, but by and large, I thought they did okay. Diggs, praise hands. D-hop, uh, mind blown. Got to watch out for the fish now. We're 7-3, and three, so definitely happy, but this loss kind of hurts. T. Estelle at T-E-E-S-T-E-L-L. I don't know how to feel. Right there with you, darling. Honey, I am right there with you. Chris Frampton, love your music. At C underscore F. Uh, that was a joke, by the way. Diggs, because I don't think it's Chris Frampton. Um, Diggs is so, so good. Josh played a rough game. Beasley is godly. Dable had some amazing play, play calls, but also had some very poor ones. It's true. I have full trust in Bass now. Hopefully we can fix something on the defense over the bye week. Can't be mad. We are 7-3. and three. Go Bills. I'm feeling better already. You guys are awesome. C-Dub at Chris Wells 73. By the way, I don't read these beforehand. I literally just come into the show and then just read them straight. I cold read them. C-Dub, crazy ending. Too many comments about Bills defenders not knocking the ball down. You have to get your hand on the ball to do that, and D-Hop's made sure that didn't happen. It's true. His he his hands were a good six inches above everybody else's. That doesn't mean that uh, Poyer couldn't have wiped out the whole entire group of them. There is no real pass interference on those plays. So Poyer, instead of like trying to swipe at the ball, probably could have just put his shoulder into one of his guys and like completely tackled the whole group of re- group of receivers. But it is what it is. D Hops made sure that didn't happen. Incredible catch. Two weeks to heal up and go on and move on to the Chargers at uh, hashtag Go Bills. Megs, uh, I'm oh where's she at? Uh, I mean Dane Jackson. Not enough people talking about him. Keep him around. I'm with you. Oh Megs, sorry I didn't give you your uh, your uh, handle at Fowler underscore Megs. Uh, Brian Coke. It's, it's either Coke or Cook. Uh, at B Cook, C O O K E 23. Disappointed in the outcome, but man, that Diggs trade was such a steal. It was, man. That kid it just continued. He's just having, he's having the season of his life, and I hope it continues. He, he's set to break all Bills receiving records, which is saying something because the Bills have had some great rece- uh, receivers, wide receivers in the NFL, uh, in their history. Garrett Johnson at Garrett underscore J 19. NFC team. This is, this is, a, this is a good, this is a good tweet. NFC team, one of the least important games on our schedule. Just have to stay ahead of the Dolphins. Hopefully fuels them to win games down the stretch. Trying to convince myself not to be extremely de- depressed after this one. I told you guys, this is going to be an inflection point. Who are the Bills going to come back as? There's a great deal of concern that I have in regards to who they're going to be when they come back from this bye week. Is this going to crush them or is it going to propel them? We're going to find out in a couple weeks. Richard Rush, my guy, Richard Rush, at Richard Ru- Richard R. Rush, too. I'm heartbroken. I'm right there with you, dude. How many times can we have our hearts ripped out and survive? How many times is enough? The game wasn't make or break, but still. That's exactly right. The game, I feel totally different about this football game. If Allen, if they go on that last drive with 330 left and, and Allen just, if they just peter out and he throws an interception or they go four and out or they, they turn it over on downs, I feel totally different about this football game than I do right now. That's just and that's just how I feel. And you don't have to feel the way I feel. Don't don't be mad at me for the way I'm allowed to feel the way I want to feel. If you feel like me, great. If you don't, too bad. That's how I feel. <laughs> Ralph Kruger's burner at Sabres Talk One. Bill's money line, Spain without the S, which means pain. 
And boy, could uh, Quentin Spain have helped. Brian Winters hurts us once again. Go figure. Ziggy at Big Zig 915. I am never, ever comfortable with a lead. Uh, this game felt different. That Diggs TD was such an emotional high. Then it came creeping back. Leotis, the, the Leotis fumble. Stevie's Wow, this is amazing. I put the same stuff in my notes. Uh, the Cowboys onside kick. Wide right. Music City Miracle. This one was so deflating. Ziggy. I'm going to have to have you as a guest on the show because we are in the same place. My man, Stephen Campione. What's up, Stephen? At Campione Stephen. Wow, just wow. For Allen to come back and hit Diggs. Then for Murray to hit D-Hop like that in that way. With our three with three of our best defenders on him, there was a lot to be desired in certain aspects, but overall I can live with this or with us losing on a fluke that rarely happens. And that's where, Stephen, that's where I'm going to end up with this. I literally, bro, you, you encapsulated it perfectly. That's probably where I'm going to end up with this game. Like at some point in time, I'm going to be resolved to the fact after I've healed a little bit uh, and been depressed for a couple days, I'm going to realize that that play was miraculous. Like literally miracles happen, period. They just don't happen to the Bills, period. Drunk at the Ralph. I wish I was, no, I don't want to say that. At Drunk at the Ralph. <laughs> Weird stat, but it needs to be mentioned. The Bills are now 0-2 in devastating fashion when Josh Allen scores a receiving touchdown. The other one would be the Texans game. Bills banter, 7-3 and at B- uh, banter underscore Bills. Literally the saddest I've felt in a while. I've been mad, annoyed, frustrated, confused, but this feeling is 10 times worse than any of those. Just brutal. Uh, and Barry Sauce, at hard underscore, underscore seltzer. I think that uh, that could cost them the division looking ahead at what Miami has left on their schedule. They needed to keep the pace. I don't think we're there yet. I think there, there's a lot left. To, there's a lot left on the bone with, with, with a rookie quarterback into a in that Miami Dolphins uh, team. So let's just give them a chance to let the season play out for them. Canad at Hawaii five. No, uh, that's an interesting, uh, interesting handle. Hawaii five. Oh, Hawaii five. No, I've been a Bills fan since the mid eighties. There's been plenty of ups and downs. This is a down. This one falls squarely on the Pagulas could have strengthened our defense, but chose to stand pat. Oh, well, you know what, bro? Uh, I appreciate your, your, uh, interaction and I appreciate your, 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 uh, whatchamacallit, uh, being a part of the show and contributing. However, uh, the Pagulas didn't tell Brandon Bean not Brandon Bean not to go for, after a defensive player for any reason. So Brandon Bean runs this football team, and he basically spends the money that they have. They have a cap that they have to spend to. They have a floor that they have to spend to. At the end of the day, this is not on the Pagulas, so we can just stop that chatter right now. Sweet Lou, 90, at Sweet Lou, L-E-W, 90. I've given up smiling for a week. Well, that made me smile. So clearly I start right after this. Uh, fifth, five, F-I-F, at uh, Chris Fiorella with two A's at the end. I'm contemplating my existence. <laughs> Digs for the TD had me set to win $3,000. I'd like to set a bounty on all three of those defenders. F, whatever this tweet isn't helping. <laughs> bro, bro. Uh, Mafia Mike sends me a gif of just somebody in a blanket on the couch falling over basically dead. Uh, that's uh, at distracted man. Dewan Long Jr. at Dewan Long. Like, I want to jump off a bridge. I'm right there with you. Kaylee, uh, thanks for joining or contributing to the show. Kaylee at Kaylee underscore M-O. Everything hurts and I'm dying is the gift that she sent me from what I believe is Parks and Rec. E at E-F Castaneda. Sickening, the type of thing that only happens to us. It seems like it, does it not? Matt Baska underscore, uh, or I should say, at Matt Baska uh, sends me the uh, Stephen A. Smith uh, video. (laughs) 
Matt, you nailed it. You nailed it, bro. And the last one that I got for you, I believe, uh, Drander, uh, man, you guys with your last name sometimes, Drander uh, Clistile, I think that's right, at Right Republican. I'm pissed Miami fans gloat now that the division is theirs. It's definitely not theirs. Yes, there's going to be some chat. And I got some crow to eat because I picked the Chargers to beat the Dolphins, which clearly did not happen. But it is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, I thank you for tuning in and being a part and contributing to the Overreaction Bills podcast. You have been tuned into the Overreaction Bills podcast brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the, the your reluctant host, as I said earlier, the voice of the Overreaction Bills podcast, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. You can also find my uh, what podcast uh, Twitter feed on Twitter at uh, Overreaction SP1. This is what's up. If you follow me, I'll follow you back. Um, and please, if you follow me, interact with me. I love the connection. Uh, you know, for those of you that are new to the show, there's a lot of you. I'm a fan, just like you. I, I'm not a football analytics guy. I played a little bit of football in high school. Played a lot, like on the playground. Played a little bit in in, in high school. Love football. I'm a season ticket holder. I've been a Bills fan my entire life. Um, I know enough to be dangerous. At the end of the day, this show is about bringing you my emotion from the couch, which I feel or think or believe resonates with the emotion that you feel from the couch. Hopefully, we're all pretty much feeling the same way, and this landed with you. If it didn't, I'm sorry. You know, I can't hit home runs every single time. The way that I feel is the way that I feel. Again, if there's anything that I want you to take away from this podcast, it is that the Buffalo Bills season is not over. However, that doesn't negate my feelings of that there's a giant weight about the way the Bills lost this game going into a bye week. They're going to say the right things. They're going to do the right things. But where their heart is at and where their mind is at and where the trust level is at between each other is going to be questioned, in my opinion. Do they come out against the Chargers in two weeks and throttle them? Or do they begin to lay eggs like they were doing in this football game? At the end of the day, again, like I said, this is why we watch the game. This is why we watch football, and this is why we love it. The stress, the excitement, the ups, the downs, the ins and the outs, and the absolute love for players and the hate for players, certain players on opposing teams. But at the end of the day, we are all Bill's Mafia, and at the end of the day, we are all responsible. Hopefully, I gave and you gave, but we're all responsible for the incredible contributions that we have made to Oshai's Children's Hospital in the name of one Patricia Allen, Josh Allen's grandmother. If you have not given yet, I would encourage you to do so. March your way on, take your fingers and march your way on over to their website. Give 17 bucks. It's not going to kill you. It's basically lunch at Chipotle, 17 bucks with chips and a drink. Um, but yeah, let's be awesome. Let's keep being awesome. Let's support our football team. Let's not kill each other over a stupid loss let's let's just realize that this is just one more game the buffalo bills ladies and gentlemen regardless of how sullen i am are seven and three and are in the driver's seat to win the afc east still with that i love you guys i thank you for tuning in we'll talk to you next time oh 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 before i let you go i have an awesome show prepared for you for the hump day hotline this week this week this week Please tune into the Hump Day Hotline with me and your and my co-host Jay Spence at Jay Spence the King. Nine o'clock on Wednesday night, we have with us the uh, Bruce exclusive, the one and only Bruce Nolan from Buffalo Rumblings, and we also have Joe Marino from the Locked On Bills podcast that is live on video 
9 o'clock on Wednesday. So please make sure you set your calendars, put a, something in your phone, whatever you got to do. Join us live on YouTube on the Buffalo Fanatics Multicast Network for the Hump Day Hotline 9 p.m. on November 18th as Jay Spence and I bring you Bruce Nolan and Joe Marino from the Lockdown Bills podcast. With that, I love you guys. We'll talk to you guys soon. Uh, catch me on the other side. Go Bills. Go Bills.